Rise and shine, ladies and gentlemen. It is your co-host here, Kenny Buller, on Second Floor Podcast with my boy Cassius, as well as It's K Sultan. How we doing, gentlemen? What's going on, man? Oh, man. New vibe, new scene. Bro, we are here in the brand new Q Films office in downtown Edmonton. This is the luxury, man. I think even, isn't it crazy, like, years ago, we would have dreamt of something like this, and here it is, Omid's out here making big moves i'm sorry i went straight to omen when i realized <laughs> you know I'm making mistakes this early it's is good, hard it's all good especially when you you start off with the wrong name so it's cassius cassius omen whatever you want brother Gundabacha. <laughs> every time someone says it he's gonna plug in a new uh chip that's gonna similar cassius. to no similar to like when a dog does a bad thing mm. and the chip is going to be installed in you for every time you say omid it's going to shock you <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's the sort of your discipline you know? <laughs> do you have like loved ones call you cassius now or you allow them to call you omid no it's more so people that don't know who i am call me cassius on the topic of today do you call yourself omid or cassius no i call myself omid Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. That's nice to know. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we have a hot topic for today and it's all about self-talk. And uh, we're going to be going into personally how we all talk to um, ourselves and how that can promote, uh, you know, making more clear decisions, having more confidence and overall just being able to um, know where you stand in certain situations you're in. I find that for someone like myself, I have been working on trying to spend time with myself. And I don't even really mean like how much time I'm spending with myself compared to with others, not just that. I also mean, what am I thinking about? How am I thinking about where I stand in situations as opposed to just other people? Because what I have full control over is what I do and say in situations. Mm -hmm. That's something that I can start thinking of in terms of how I could do better the next time I do it. And uh, one example I have is a lot of times I find, especially when um, you're younger, you're in university, you're even needing to meet with a client in your respective field, you have to present something. And I find that is such a clear example as, as um, like in terms of when you have to be your own hype man or hype woman. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be able to know that if you can't convince yourself that this is the best presentation, that what you're going to say is going to provide so much value, how do you expect that person to have buy-in? And how many times growing up did you guys hear how scared shitless someone would be when it comes to like, ah, I got to go up and I got to present something? Yeah. Like that's some major negative self-talk right there, right? So I want to compare what that negative self-talk is in comparison to positive self-talk. And I want to talk about maybe like, what are some personal examples for you guys? Because I think it's it's pretty exciting to be able to know that us three, we're not perfect. We've probably had those moments where, you know, we've had negative self-talk lead us to making bad decisions and vice versa. So what negative self-talk is, is, you know, I was looking into positivepsychology.com and it states that self-talk is, um, you know, a good com- combination of um, thoughts to be a mix of conscious and unconscious beliefs and biases that we hold about ourselves and the world in general. So when you look at negative self-talk, our patterns of self-talk are all too often negative. So we actually think more negatively than we do positively. We're wired that way as humans. I find it's why like when you're talking to a friend or when you're watching a movie, before you even say anything good about the situation, you 
Maybe you don't say it out loud, but you're going to critique and think of something that you could do to improve that situation or something that just wasn't good, mm-hmm. right? So we focus on preconceived ideas that were not good enough or always a failure or can't do anything right. This is something I've even experienced as an athlete. So our brains are hardwired to remember negative experiences over positive ones. And I think this is the scary thing about relationships too, because you could be in a situation where like, let's just say 90% of the time you may be in a relationship or a friendship with someone where there's a lot of good, but then let's just say 10% of the time, if it's going bad, now all of a sudden your relationship is quote unquote toxic right? Because now you just notice 10% of the time things aren't going good, but that's just normal to have those arguments and have those moments of frustration uh, or rather just moments where you may not be on the same page and you need to overcome that. So once again, how you're perceiving the situation is beyond what actually happened. So now when you compare that to positive self-talk, as you may have guessed, it's the flip side of what I just said. So it's not about narcissism, which is something we're going to get into, or deceiving ourselves into thinking things that are inaccurate. It's more about showing yourself some self-love, like be, be compassionate towards yourself and understanding for who you are and what you've been through. So positive self-talk sees our internal narratives switching to ideas like, I can do better next time. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just say I've just, I fucked up. I did something I shouldn't have done. I lost. Okay, well, how do I deal with that loss now? Right? Or I choose to learn from my mistakes, not be held back by them. So these are just examples of how am I talking to myself. So for you guys, what, what's something, whether you want to share positive or negative, where you notice just in the way you prepped yourself mentally, like just in the way you even looked in the mirror before showing up to something that was a big deal for you, how you ever approached it and said it. What result did it lead to? And like, how much of an impact did that self-talk make? I think one thing for me, I've always been afraid of, not afraid, I think there's a fear of performing. So going up on stage, performing. And um, the one year that I was really performing and going up on stage, um, the one time I had to go to California and perform in front of 800 people, that was nerve-wracking. Never done it before. The entire day I was anxious, couldn't eat. All I was thinking about was the evening. Don't want to fuck up. Don't want to fuck up. Don't want to mess up. Right. And so the way I had to overcome those feelings and emotions was telling myself that I am the greatest performer ever. I mean, I'm, and I'm, and I'm in like, I'm trying to trick my brain into thinking I am like Michael Jackson. I am like a Russ, a logic. I am like a 50 cent that I'm going up on here. I, I own this. I own this space. And so although although the reality might not be the case, mm-hmm. I am, quote unquote, trying to trick maybe my unconscious or my subconscious to thinking that I am. And so I don't know if it was necessarily, it was almost like the positive was like the negative and the positive were fighting each other at the same time. And I'm trying to push the positive as much as I can. But in that, in that really high adrenaline, high emotional state that I was in, I needed to, I needed to move. I needed to jump up and down behind behind the stage and tell myself I am about to kill this shit because I've never been in a situation where I've performed in front of that many people and those many eyes on me. And so I think for me, I think there's a there's a certain extent where positive thoughts and positive affirmations can help, especially in those high stress situations, mm-hmm. and. In order for me to feel almost comfortable, comfortable and level enough to perform, I needed to 
really blow the top off of the positive thoughts. Like I am the greatest. I am this person. I I am him, as the as, as the kids would say these days, right? <laughs> so that's that's how I I dealt with in that that situation. Yeah, I, I think especially touching on the subconscious side. Um, a lot of it is just framing. Like it's so easy to frame it through a negative perspective, but I've used this example before for many kids that I'm always trying to reframe their mind and how to rewire their mind and how they're approaching certain things. And I think when it comes to your subconscious mind, I read this thing a long time ago and I, I feel like I might've even shared this with you guys is that our subconscious mind can't differentiate between reality and what's fake. So, for example, when you're watching a movie, you know, and it's a scary movie, you know that it's not real, but our body still reacts to it out of fear. And the reason why that happens is because our eyes are visually seeing something that, although it's not real, our subconscious mind can't determine whether it's real or not. So, despite you saying, um, I am the greatest, whether you are or aren't, your subconscious mind is, is going to believe it because it doesn't, it can't differentiate between reality and what's fake. So I think self-talk in that regard and being able to really uh, rewire your brain in a way where over time, because obviously it doesn't happen right away. You can't just wake up and say, I am the greatest and just start believing it. But over the course of time, even if you don't believe it initially, the fact that you're saying it over and over again, it's almost like you're hypnotizing your brain into slowly believing over time that I am the greatest. And I think what a lot of uh, a lot of people get hit with this thing called resistance that I read in this book called Turning Pro, where they feel resistance, they feel like something's holding them back. And that comes from that self-talk that you're talking about, where if you're unforgiving to yourself, you're not going to, it's going to be hard for you to have that positive self-talk. So I think being able to forgive yourself and have positive self-talk together can really hypnotize your brain into believing that you can become the person that you want to be. Yeah, that's badass, man. Especially when you look at like with what you guys both mentioned to a degree with kids, like what kids are saying and even what you're dealing with, Karam, at ITD, when you're speaking to kids, they still don't have much of a full understanding of how to lie, mm-hmm. right? Like lying is something that for hopefully most of them, they still haven't experienced yet because as adults, when you can understand that not everything you say or what someone says is true, you then perhaps... I wouldn't say you're jaded, but you might take some of this information differently. So if you can like hone in this concept at a younger age, I find it just works for you more brilliantly. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I find is really cool because I, I experienced this in sports. This was something that was big in Taekwondo is we would have to say something, the same thing mm-hmm. every class. It was like um, kind of like, I don't know if you guys experienced this back in grade school where I remember the one in school. It, I, I still know it. It was, please keep your hands to yourselves, <laughs> your feet on the ground, and please have a peaceful day. And I remember, no lie, the little shit that I was, I'd be walking in the hallways, want to be up to no good. And I'm like, Kenny, keep your hands to yourself, right? Like, like that self-talk came in yeah. based on whatever was being uh, projected, like a mantra, right? So then in Taekwondo, this is one of the things I recall. It was to build true confidence through knowledge in the mind, honesty in the heart, and strength in the body. And we had to say that shit every day. But the power of that is when you're getting a kid to like 
even if the kid isn't entirely aware of what the words mean, when they're saying it every day, like look at me as an example, you get into adulthood really starting to understand that. And to Karam's point, it gets built into your subconscious brain. Mm -hmm. So I find that with kids in particular, a lot of them, especially in sports, Karam, you probably see this a lot, is the first thing they say, even before they even do something, is I can't do that. Yeah. And then I'm sure as we know what that conversation is like, it's like, yeah, well, if you tell yourself you can't, it's not going to happen. And I always like to use the example of like, imagine your brain being Google, right? At this point, chat, GBT. Whatever you tell it, that's what's going to happen. And you like need to be your biggest fan. Whatever, like Cash is telling himself, like he's a a god, like he's going to kill it. Like that MJ mentality going into an audience of 800 people. It's so important that like, if you expect other people to believe you, but you don't, I think that's where it starts. That's where like that growth starts, right? So like if someone is feeling that way, what would you guys suggest they start doing? Because I think it's one of those things like if someone wants to get jacked, mm-hmm. the first thing is as a person who's in the training business for me, I don't tell the person actually to go into the gym every day. That's the first thing they want to do. Yeah, man, I think in order to get in shape, like I just got to go to the gym every day, go balls to the walls, 100%. It's like, no, don't do that. Like there's a, there's a somewhere where you should start. So a self-talk, if someone really is like clinically depressed or they're actually in a position where they need to work on how they talk to themselves, what would you guys suggest is, is something they can start doing to build up the habit of uh, bettering their relationship with how they talk to themselves? Well, I think the first thing, I mean, personally, I'll just take my personal experience. Uh, I'm definitely not a psychologist or, or, or an expert in this, in this field, but I think for me, um, you need to gain clarity on what you're doing is the first step, right? So why are you going to the gym? Why do you want to get jacked? What's, what's the why behind that, right? And I know all, a lot of podcasts talk about this, but um, it's, 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 it's being clear on your thoughts, right? We have a million thoughts that go through our, our brain on a, on, a, on a daily basis. So there's both positive and negative and maybe more so negative, especially when you're trying to get to the next level, Right. You wanna, you're walking into a, a, a room full of executives, you feel the imposter syndrome. You walk into a, a gym and, and you are one of the younger kids, maybe you're not as tall, maybe you're not as skilled, you feel that imposter syndrome. You walk into a jiu-jitsu academy and you're a white belt and you see all purple belts, you feel that imposter syndrome, right? You don't feel like you belong. And so why are you there? What are you doing is the first step. And I've used a lot of techniques, not only just positive talk, but like writing down my feelings, writing down, you know, journaling. It doesn't have to be journaling. Just, just fucking write. Just sit down and write. What are you feeling right now? Why do you feel like an imposter? Why do you feel like you don't belong? Really Where glad, are you going? Glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Just a quick add-on is it doesn't need to be perfect. I think a lot of people, for me anyway, yeah. is with journaling, you, you feel like it needs to be like this. I need to take candle. I need to be in bed. <laughs> you know, I need to put pajama. And it's like, I need to write Dear Diary Hot Topics self-talk today. No, like yeah. make it messy. Yeah, yeah, you should yeah. see my notes. Yeah. It's just a bunch of random thoughts on my phone. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. No, and that, that, that's the one thing is because you start, even when you write it down or you say it, you start to understand what you're thinking properly, right? You see it. Oh, okay. Uh, this is how I actually feel, or this is how what I think about this current situation. And so, and then from that point, it's just a matter of 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 
I think I think you need more than just positive talk. Mm-hmm. But but that's just in my opinion, it's like that. I would say for anyone who's trying to get a hint of improvement in this in this front is just to gain some clarity. I don't know if you can add on to that. Yeah, I think even just how you talked about knowing the why. It allows you to not only have positive talk, but have accountability for when you don't do the things that you're supposed to be doing. Because if you have that why, now you can hold yourself accountable, right? Like a lot of the times, just having positive self-talk with no direction leads you to an empty hole that, or an empty road that you're, you don't even know where it leads to. Yeah. So, so to me, when you actually wrote this topic on self-talk, I think... Uh, what I've learned through that book, even turning pro on resistance is how to forgive myself because a lot of times I would go balls to the wall. And then all of a sudden when something negative or maybe I, I don't follow through on something, I, I would just feel bad about myself or I'd be like, you know, maybe I'm not cut out to be doing this and so and so. But over time, when those things happen now, I f- not only forgive myself, but I punish myself. So it's the opposite of self-talk because I think um, if, if I'm only going based off positive emotions of self-talk and how you're talking about how your journal is messy, then I'm not going to get things done. If you only go to the studio when you're happy, you're not going to get much done. If you only go to jujitsu when you feel good about going to jujitsu, you're never going to get better, right? So a lot of time it's knowing how to understand how, how, you, how you're feeling, but regardless of how you're feeling, how to show up because you still have that why. And then through that process, provide yourself with self-talk. Because if you're going to go, regardless of feeling happy or not, then that's where the self-talk comes in. Because a lot of times you're not going to be feeling as motivated, but you got to stay driven and find your own ways to. I think uh, little things like even why I was so intrigued in getting the salt bike is because I was like, there's so many different ways to punish myself now, right? Like I have junk food the night before if I'm trying to do 30 days of carnivore. Well, I forgive myself, but the next day it's spending like 500 to 1,000 calories on the salt bike, right? So it's rewiring, reprogramming. How can you be the most efficient, competitive human that you can be and finding ways to create that system for yourself to, for that to happen? love that you mentioned the salt bike because literally a client of mine yesterday was just like, man, I'm telling you, ever since you've been putting me on the bike, I feel like everything at work is just easier. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's for real. Out. Like when you punish yourself to a degree that mm-hmm. is a healthy punishment. Yeah. I'm not talking about let's grab that two six, let's down it, and yeah, great. This is so bad for me, but it's going to teach me a lot of lessons. No, there's obviously a degree of toxicity depending on what punishment you're giving yourself. But when it's a healthy one, how much easier everything else becomes is quite profound. Right? But 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 like you think about it, even in just taking the sports example, right? If you're going ten times harder in practice when you have to perform, it becomes easier. Yeah. Right. When you're quote unquote punishing yourself or coaches are punishing you or your trainers are punishing you to do suicides or do laps or whatever, whatever that quote unquote uh, uh, punishment is when you're in the game or when you're performing or when you're competing on the mats, you've done it harder in practice. So now when you're competing, it's actually a lot easier, right? You're not thinking about all different things. You're not, your conditioning is way higher than, than, than normal Right. And so it becomes easier. And I think to even add to that is the reasons of why you're running or why you're conditioning and when it's happening is forming those habits. For example, in basketball, 
when you were running suicides and doing all those things is because you did something wrong. It's exactly. not, it's not out of nowhere. Hey, let's just start running for no reason, right? Like something bad happened in practice. We're going to fix it. And if you don't fix it, uh, here's, here's the accountability. I think this may even sound a little cynical, but as Zane was growing up, I used to punish him all the time. And my mom would obviously not like it because he'd be crying a lot. But it wasn't even anything crazy to me. It was just trying to form different habits and trying to get him to reframe his mind and positively self-talk to himself. It wouldn't even be anything crazy. As little as two sit-ups or two push-ups, right? Oh, you messed up? Two push-ups. Oh, you want to show more attitude? Two more push-ups. Or you want to uh, veer off this track? So even with kids nowadays at ITD, like they do something wrong. I could be saying this, hey, get your feet wider than the mat. Get your feet wider than the mat. For some reason, words aren't hitting. But the moment I say, you know, I've had enough of you <laughs> not going wider than the mat, two sit-ups and two push-ups every time you don't get it's it. It's so true. It is it's true. so simple. It's so true. It's, not, it's really not hard punishment. But over time, it's annoyance. It's, it's that little bit of pain that you're like, you know, maybe I got to reframe my mind to, into thinking and feeling weird because what you're doing in that moment isn't comfortable. It's not what you're used to. But the differentiating factor is like if you I always tell the kids, if you're if you feel weird, then you're doing good because over here, we're a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> yeah, it should feel uncomfortable. Right. And I'm no doctor, but like I'm so glad it's so cool to see the parallels between like Karab's coaching in basketball to what we do at Brave with martial arts. It's the same thing. It's like from what I noticed, kids will be able to remember um, so much more of an experience based off of emotion. So when pleasure is heightened, let's just say a fun game you play at the end of practice, they're going to remember that mm -hmm. and they're going to want to do it again the very next practice. And now let's just say, hey, the kid messed up. Like you, <laughs> you're not doing things right and you punish them with suicides or burpees or something like that. They remember that shit, right? So it's, it's really unique to play off of that. But I feel like once again, back on the topic, it, it, it hardens you and it makes you understand better of how you need to show up the next time. And uh, I think that's why it's so important to recognize when it does become negative self-talk. So I'll give you guys some personal examples of, you know, what is it that someone should be aware of when it comes to um, something being negative? But yeah, just so we can make sure everyone's on the same page with us is we're going to go over in order for you to be aware of, you know, when you should positively be aware of how to improve your self-talk. Let's just first be aware if it's happening as a negative self-talk concept right now. So there's four different styles of when it's a negative self-talk. Number one, personalizing, which is meaning you blame yourself when things go wrong. Mm -hmm. You're like your worst fan, right? So when something goes wrong, it's not entirely your fault, you put it all on you, right? That's not healthy. Number two, polarizing, meaning when you see things only as good or bad. So it's like, this was good, this was bad. There's absolute no gray area. Number three is magnifying. Meaning all you ever do is focus on the bad or negative in every damn situation and you dismiss anything good or positive about it. So it's like you never see the good in anything. You can walk into a botanic garden and the first thing you notice is this one flower that's just like dying right before your eyes. And you're like, this garden shit. <laughs> that's all you do. Like you're literally looking for something bad. And I'm sure we all have seen people like this. Like, it's like they don't even have to say anything. They walk into a room and you're like, oh, I'm going to keep my space, right? So you can kind of see already that, like, if someone is viewing everything as bad, they're not fun to be around. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Last one, number four, is catastrophizing, if I'm saying that right. And uh, that's meaning you always expect the worst, right? You're going to go out, right? You hit up your friend. You know, we're going out tonight. Yeah, and you're telling yourself this is going to be a shit night. I'm just waiting for this person to cancel. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. So all of these things you feel like are just going to be bad. So now let's turn that around. I want to explain a few things that you can actually say to yourself to reverse this thinking. Okay. And I feel like it's generally down to what you say. There's all these things you could do, right? I think journaling is a fantastic idea. I think even to some degree, if something doesn't go well, punishing yourself, and if something goes really good, rewarding yourself to some degree is healthy. But here's what you should say is number one, I have the power to change my mind, right? If this is how I'm thinking now, I could flip things around. But I think to even hold off and uh, before we full switch to the positive, the negative self-talk and blaming yourself, I'm actually the opposite. I would say, I don't know if this is toxic or whatever this shit saying. I do the opposite of that. I actually put the blame on me before I put the blame on anybody else. And to a degree where I can, I know I can control myself and I can control things in my hand. But if I just allow myself to blame other things, because what's the opposite of that? If you don't blame yourself, who are you going to blame? The scenario. Let's just say, I wonder if we could find an example of something where like... I know what you mean. Like you're blaming yourself in the sense of like, I'm not good enough. This sucks. Da, 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 da. And then you don't... Self-sabotage. Self-sabotage is I think what Kenny's gotcha. point is. Whereas I, I know from an accountability perspective, yeah. what you're saying is, is 100% true. Yeah. Like you should take accountability and take responsibility of your mistake or whatever happened in that situation. But I think where Kenny's talking about is self-sabotage where you're completely on the negative and you just let yourself get drowned by that thought. Yeah. Like it's like reverse gaslighting. Like let's face it. You made someone feel some type of way. We see this a lot in this day and age. So you make me feel X, Y, Z and someone goes, Oh, well they justify you. You immediately try and get in justification mode. It's like, Oh, okay. Wait a second. Let me just realize that I made you feel this way. I need to own that, okay, I made you feel this way. That's where, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. that's where I go, okay, I need to take the blame. Got you. Because I made you feel that way. Despite how I looked at it or what I did and what my intentions were, if you ultimately felt that way, then I'm wrong. That's a healthy, that, that'd be my perspective of with what you're saying, Karam, 100%. But where it becomes like, I think toxic is when you're a people pleaser and you just want to avoid conflict and you want to be like, ah, oh, yeah, you know what? I could say that like if they didn't do this, it wouldn't have happened and this isn't entirely my fault, but I'm just going to take the blame. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah. Where the blame is – yeah, I get what you mean. You know there's, I, mean? I don't think there's – The blame is the entire thought. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing. I don't know about you guys. When I actually have someone in any scenario genuinely apologize and – take the blame for something that let's face it if they did or didn't do something in that situation it would have changed the scenario and outcome respect points through the roof man like right away it's like the feeling the anxiety the like the hostility of like i'm about to go into a situation and have like a little bit of uh, a back and forth verbal um uh, confrontation ah, it goes down it immediately goes down and again that kind of just goes back to like just recognizing that I feel like in this way, you don't always have to feel like you won an argument. And I know this is a little bit off topic, but it's just kind of based off what we're talking about. Or in any scenario, you should come out of it, despite having differences, just being on the same page and knowing 
you know what? I see where you're coming from. Yeah. You know, that's healthy shit, bro. That's therapy, man. If you want to know more about this, you know, just hit up our therapy second floor line. 1-800-SELF-TALK. Take your self-talk to the next level.com, <laughs> right? I, I want to go back to other things that you can say. And even please, like, <clears throat> let me know as I'm mentioning these what you guys think, right? Is uh, what you can say again to instill positive self-talk is attempting to do this took courage. This is what you could tell yourself. And I am proud of myself for trying, right? Like I understand we always want to do something, but I'm proud that I tried. Next one, even though it wasn't the outcome I hoped for, I learned a lot about myself. Number four, I might still have a way to go, but I am proud of how far I've already come. Next one, I'm capable and strong. I can get through this. There's a little mantras you could you could continuously tell yourself. And if you're someone who's visual, um, put this on a sticky note. Put it on your mirror. Like if you really are noticing that you're down in the dumps and things aren't going your way, see this shit. Don't just say it to yourself. You got to see it to believe it, bro. And then uh, number six, tomorrow is a chance to try again with the lessons learned from today, right? Um, I say this to my clients sometimes where a lot of them will go, but this, but this, but this. Variable, variable. What if this happens? What if that happens? I'm like, you know what? Despite this thinking, the sun's still going to rise tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, sun still rises. So at the end of the day, you have another blank sheet of paper. You have another blank canvas to start all over again and make this happen. Because sometimes we just still live off that last L. And don't get me wrong. In combat sports, in any sport, that's always hard. You only feel like you're as good as your last game, win or lose. Right? KB talks a lot about that. Next one. I will give it my all to make this work. Like if I really care about this, I'm going to go all in. Number eight, I can't control what other people think, say, or do. I can only control me. Number nine, this is an opportunity for me to try something new. And number 10, I could learn from this situation and grow as a person. Once again, these are all from positivepsychology.com. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Like that's, that would be what, I'd say, I feel like Karams would be like, fuck this shit. Time yeah, to be fucking like, ham. <laughs> well, no, you know, you know how I, I kind of approach the same concept, but in a different way. I write down all the things that I wish I was. And then I name it somebody who I hate. Mm-hmm. And I pretend like they have it. Kind of like uh, David, David Goggins with his hate mixtape. Oh, bro, that that is the that? most fire idea and i started doing that a whole that's lot that's some more. psychotic shit yeah <laughs> Tell us you, you, you know you, you know they mixed oh. oh you guys yeah, yeah, yeah basically he's he's basically recorded all the hate comments that he got and he's recorded it on a tape or a recorder and he plays it throughout his house while he's getting ready or he's eating food and he says his wife is it drives his wife crazy well, but <laughs> Is it, isn't that a, uh, I don't know if it's hate comments or I think it's where he's talking about how he had moments of weakness. So I can verify this. It's, it's uh, the, the first one. He actually will listen to it while he runs too. So Goggins will, will, will record all the, the hate comments that have been set online mm. and then he'll listen to it. I love that's, that. That's some that's, gangster shit. It's so that's gangster, so gangster, right? bro. Because I feel like a lot of times, um, even for me, I get mad. I get pissed if someone says something to me about my overall performance in jujitsu, even if they're just 
teasing or joking. And then when I see them in practice again, I'm going to fucking <laughs> chop their head off. Like, the, the, like I, I know that sounds very violent, but I'm like, okay, so you had something to say. You didn't need to say it. Let me, let me make you regret saying that. And it's fun. Like it's it's like this, the, the 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 competitor and the uh, the fighter in me goes. I'm a dog it out, yeah, and I'm yeah. gonna make them like wish they never said this. But like I think that's what's kind of fun a little bit about aside from what positivepsychology.com. Yeah. <laughs> just, just throw this out. Throw this out. <laughs> we everything we said that does not. I think you're like, okay, let's get <laughs> no. But sometimes you. Have to when having someone say something negative. How are you using that as fuel? I think there's level. Here's the thing. I think there's levels to this shit. So what I mean by levels is like, if you haven't done a competitive sport, if you haven't put yourself through some hardship, you don't know how to react. So you might need to start to gain clarity, mm-hmm. to write positive affirmations, to do those. I guess what we call the fundamentals. I think though the what you mentioned these are the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Hey, I need to try again tomorrow. Hey, I can do better next time. Hey, I didn't get the outcome right. That's but I think yeah, that's the white belt. That that for yeah. us we've I I think sitting in this room I think we've passed that personally. All three of us have. We're we're kind of on. I would say we're on a different level. We're right? on our mixtapes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say so. So I know for me when I first started in rap, I needed that. I needed that because I was like, oh, shit, what are people going to think? I'm posting this video. Anything my parents or friends would say, it would really, really hit me. But now, obviously, you know, years later, you kind of get past that. You know, even even with those mixtapes, from what I recall, he he was also talking about that he would record himself in moments of weakness. Not only the hate comments, but he would also record himself like if he felt like – like I started doing this late night if I'm craving McDonald's. I would create a voice note and justify, I would be that person to the fullest. You know, I deserve a cheap meal. I deserve to go get a Big Mac right now. <laughs> I need some fries and shake, right? And I'd play it back and I'd be like, what a fucking bitch, right? If you, when you hear your, if you hear other people say the same words that you're saying, it would absolutely disgust you sometimes, right? Like if you heard it from somebody else's mouth, so the mixtapes that I have for myself, the voice notes, is me saying, you know, today I deserve this, right? And then I like fully go into that mode, pretend like I do deserve it, and I hear it back. I'm like, then you hear from a third person perspective, do you really deserve it? And I completely switch up. It's it's weird, but yeah. it it definitely works. I don't. I guess my question to you, Kenny, is how much positive self-talk do you have for yourself nowadays and how much do you have as well Cassius that's a tough one to answer right now I feel like I feel like if you're thinking about it you probably don't do I'm more realistic now than if I compare to how I thought um, growing up let's put it this way I'm more aware of what I can and can't do and I know I'm not trying to by any means um, contradict what I said earlier about don't say you can't but it's like the things I can't do aren't what I want to do mm-hmm. I think that's something that like as we grow up that's important to know we're all trying to figure out what do I want to do in life you know uh, how do I want to approach my purpose I'm glad I know what I can do 
I rightfully so can walk in a room and be like, yeah, I'm not the best in that. Old Kenny would have been like, let me try. Let me do the best I can to do it. No. Like, I know what I like. I know what I can do. And in comparison to what I can't. So to answer your question, in terms of how I talk to myself now, I think it's kind of similar to how you um, spoke about when you listen to your own voice you're now kind of looking at yourself like a character. A lot of us nowadays are like, oh, we're our main character in our life. I hope we all are, right? But now for me, I like to go into situations and the way I approach it is whatever I'm saying, however I'm showing up, if I was another, like if I was viewing myself of how I'm talking like it was another person, would I be entertained? Would I listen to this guy? If I wouldn't, I need to act up, I need to change. Because once again, I'm a big believer and I need to be my biggest fan. Because if I'm not, I'm acting like someone else I'm not. So the people pleaser that used to be in me would morph my emotions and my behavior, my personality to what I think this person is expecting me to be like. In any case, in um, business settings, networking, in, in, in uh, any social setting. Now I'm like, okay, hold on. I, I, I actually check myself. Am I acting like who I really am or am I trying to be someone else I'm not? If quickly I notice I'm not, I act up and I change. So that's where I recognize like being this positivity junkie, for lack of a better term, it's not sexy. It's annoying. Like you you have to have a little bit of a, a realistic approach to going about it. Something that I actually really admire as an example is Tanner Bozer. Tanner Bozer prepares. He's one of my brother's training partners. You guys know him really well. You know, in in his career, even as a UFC fighter, the way he talks about fights is actually very confident. It's very uh, assuring, but it's also very realistic. He goes in and he doesn't say, this is what I'm going to do, this fighter, this is how it's going to go down, and uh, it's going to happen in the second round. Some fighters do that, and they manifest what happens, and they use it to their advantage. But the way Tanner does it, he's like, this person can just as easily fuck me up the way I can fuck them up. It's going to be a war. Whatever happens, happens. One of us is going to come out in a stretcher. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of his yeah. approach. But it's very like, oh, wow, okay. That, that, that's true. So it's like just being really real with yourself despite however much you prepare. And then whatever the result happens, um, being able to accept it. Uh, well, I, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of on the fence about that. Just only because I know in fighting it kind of makes sense potentially. I mean you look at a guy like Muhammad Ali – his entire career he was talking shit and he was talking about how he was he was going to kill his opponent in specific rounds conor mcgregor all these sort of other bigger names have have said that so i think it worked i think you have to find what works for you at the end of the day i think in rap you can't do that i, I you, you can't be realistic you, you, I, I personally i don't think you can because Especially in entertainment, if I'm like realistic and and I say, oh, you know, there's a million rappers out there, there's a million YouTubers out there, whatever happens, happens. I don't have that fucking hunger of like, no, I'm about to kill this shit. I'm better than every motherfucking rapper out here. Like, I have to have that sort of um, blind confidence or blind obsession, if you will, in order for me to get myself um, out of that state that i'm in so maybe in uh maybe in sports for you guys you might have a different approach but for me i have to go kind of blind um especially with entertainment and that's personally how i've got 
out of my own shell and out of my own um, thoughts of negative thoughts or positive thoughts, whatever, I have to trick myself to be like, no, I am the, I'm the greatest rapper here. I'm, I'm walking on stage like I'm, I'm like this, bro, you know, walking like this, right? Like I have to because I'm, because I'm internally, I'm not that, like internally I could give in to the, 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 negative, the negative or the, the introverted brown kid that's inside. I can, I can, I can give in to that or I can give in to, no, nah, you are, you are the CEO. You are the boss. You are the guy that's about to kill it, right? So I don't know if I was real with myself and said, oh, this is the reality of my situation. It could go either way. I, I can't I, I can't give into that because then I would just bring the bar lower, if you will. So yeah. who's to say you can't take that introverted brown kid inside of you and say that's not you anymore? Or are you just, once again, are you being real with yourself and recognizing that that has to be so suppressed in order for you Correct. to like almost put on the mask. It, it's not really a mask. It's more so like you're trying to level up, right? So when we're talking about leveling up, you aren't, you aren't selling millions of records. You aren't in the, t- like you're not in that realm. How do you get to that realm? How, how do you get yourself to, to think bigger, right? Because I feel like a lot of us don't think big enough. You know what? I was waiting for this moment and I have one word for this. Literally one word to answer your struggles and how to get big and how to take things to that next second floor level. Sonny Brar, PBHL, Indo-Canadian champion, uh, also fellow uh, board of director on Run for Farmers. He says one thing anytime he is in uh, the pinnacle moment of uh, frustration, in the pinnacle moment of needing to suppress those negative emotions and come up. And that is rise. Rise has become such a phenomenal, you could say, concept to the point that Rise Kombucha was created. This is not by any means created by Sunny Brawler, but this is a piloted potential sponsor. So if you are wanting to um, elevate, as you could say, your self-talk in which we're talking about, you should pick up Rise Kombucha at your local grocery store. And if you do, let us know so we could then use this as a fantastic opportunity to connect with a local i'm not too sure if it's local but uh, <laughs> Bro, i thought you went to starbucks uh oh does starbucks only have local no but i thought you uh, got that from there i did oh but it's also available at grocery store <laughs> he's about to check me out and at any starbucks rise kombucha so i think to to get back to <laughs> the delusional side i i totally agree and even thinking back to like Think, think back to some of your heroes that we put on pedestals as kids, right? And now as we get older and try to get into the realm of how do you even get onto that pedestal? Because before, if, when you put people on a pedestal, you just see them as unreachable, untouchable. And I think what I've switched from the positive self-talk is realizing that before I used to put people on pedestal, now I'm like, how do, how do people actually get on there? Right, and when you realize that it's a product, it's a byproduct of hard work, then you start changing up how you reframe a lot of things. And I think what I, I agree with Cash is on this is I'm completely delusional, ninety five to ninety nine percent of the time, right? Where I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that, I can achieve this, and I create a plan to to figure out a way how to achieve it, how to get onto that pedestal. But at the same time, in moments of failure. 
and when I mess up, so say out of the 30 days, you have 25 days where you were delusional and you believed and you, you took yourself higher than what you could imagine. And then the five days that you messed up, that's where positive self-talk comes in for me is, okay, you know what? It's, it's okay. You messed up. Here's your accountability. Here's, here's how you're going to fix it. And here's how you're going to move forward. But if I had, if I didn't have that delusional mindset, I don't think half of the stuff would be accomplished the way that it gets accomplished. The, the way you, you, you frame that is quite nice because it reminds me of conversations uh, Preeti and I have had about who your idol is. And I just want to ask you before I even get into it, who is your current idol right now? Who would you say right now in your life, who would you idolize? Given what you just said, I'm like crossing my fingers. Hopefully he gives me the answer I want to hear. Um, KB. Okay, respect. There you go. That's not the answer I want to hear, but I am happy to hear that for you. It's... The way you explained it where you're not thinking earlier about what would KB do, you actually went into asking yourself all the right questions. And it's something I once asked Priti, and you know what she said? She said, me. Yeah. She said, I idolized myself. I thought that was so badass. But it was also like it got me to realize that, okay, thinking more of what would future me mm-hmm. do or say? As opposed to what would someone else do with different emotions, different story, different, um, you could just say, uh, just overall uh, trajectory of life. But it's like thinking now, lately for me, I've started recognizing just the power of, you know what, if I idolize myself or who I'm in the pursuit of becoming, and I think, what would Kenny do in, in three years? Talking to myself in like third person. And, and almost imagining from the same concept of athleticism, like if I'm a champion now, how would I train? How would I show up to the gym? You know, and it's what a lot of fighters say where it's like they don't go in defending their belt. They go in to fight to get the belt. So it's like those kind of examples I notice are exciting. You know, even, even when you asked me who, who my idol was, it was hard for me to even think of somebody like there's a lot of people that i look up to good such as kyrie irving like basketball wise and who i want to become like in terms of from a skill standpoint or a certain standpoint but i think my idols have slowly switched over time into my friends which is very interesting because i get inspired by hard work i get inspired by a comeback story i get inspired by how people show up every day right like this stuff doesn't manifest itself it takes a lot of hard work it takes a lot of time and dedication and I think um, just the power of having the right circle over the years the reason why my mindset's shifted is because the people that I used to put on a pedestal were people that I didn't always know they got a reach out of reach but I I now see that the people that are in my circle are just as capable of being on that pedestal and they're actually on their way of reaching that pedestal so I think what why I, I even said a guy like KB is because the dedication that it takes to be delusional and have that self-belief, he's probably the guy that I see out of all of us completely take all of his efforts, all of his wishes, and put it towards one thing. And regardless of outcome, that guy is like 100% easily a champion to me. Always based on like, it doesn't even matter about the result. It's just how he shows up every single day, right? And if people had that same approach, I'm telling you, like, your whole life would be completely flipped upside down. And I think all of us have that, those same qualities within us. And we both, we all 
showcase it in different ways. But I think from a idolization standpoint, the moment you realize that if KB is capable, then I'm also capable. If a guy like Sean Kanungo is one of the best speakers in the world and he's from our circle, right? He wasn't always one of the best speakers. He's worked hard. And he's always, like you're talking about, he goes on different trips and what apps. He's every day, bro. Every single day. And that's, that's actually where a lot of the time the process of certain things takes over is when you start understanding that mastery is a never-ending road, then you start becoming a person who's always going to grow and develop. And I think regardless of how good KB can become, he's always worked. There's not an end point, right? Like there's always a, a limit to be pushed past. And I think that's what excites me. And those are, those are the people that I would say I consider idols is the people who don't actually have a finish line. They love their craft so much that they're looking to push boundaries and limits where they could be 80 and they're still learning something new about it, right? They're still forming a different perspective, a different approach to it. And I think that's easily like out of all, all the friends, KB obviously, but you guys as well, hands down, like what you've done over the years and what you've done over the years, if it's hard to see until you go back in time. And I think that's where the positive self-talk comes the most is, man, remember four years ago, we were having this discussion in the car. Remember four years ago, we were all outside uh, in a parking lot convincing you to quit all of these jobs and consider doing just one. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, that's, I think that's where the positive self-talk comes from is reflection. And that doesn't come without clarity. Because if you have a clear vision, then you can actually work towards something and then reflect back in time and be positive in that moment on how far you've come. Man, that's straight bars. One thing I want to add to the idol um, idea is I think we idolize individuals who ignore 99% of things and they go deep on the 1%, right? Those are the individuals who get further and deeper into their industry and become quote unquote big or impactful, right? And I, and I'm stealing this from Alex Ramosi and Chris Williamson's podcast because they were talking about idols because that question was brought up as well. To Alex Ramosi, who do you idolize? How do, we, how do, why do we idolize certain individuals, right? Any, anyone you think of right now who is in any space that you look up to or idolize, what have they done? They've gone deep in one thing and ignored the 99%. They've just focused on the 1% every single day and they've got deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper to the point where they've surpassed their colleagues or other individuals and they've actually made an impact in their space. So Completely agree. Yeah. Love that, dude. You know what, guys? This has been a very fantastic conversation around self-talk. I think that um, all of our listeners are going to at least take one thing out of this conversation and, and apply it into their life. And uh, we're going to give you guys a little bit of homework, okay? You got to take one thing you learned. Let us know what it is that um, you know provided you the most value and then apply it. Apply the shit out of it. You know, I'm a big believer in not just taking everything and trying your best to apply everything we said. Just take one thing. Take one concept. Apply it to your life and let us know what difference it made. Uh, we're all about elevating your life, taking things to the next level. Please, it would go a long way if you shared this with a friend or a colleague that is in desperate need right now to improve their self-talk. Um, and we hope that you continue to see and feel the value that we have to offer. This is your host, Kenny, with Cassius, with It's K Sultan, and we are here to 
improve your self-talk on this episode. So review us, like us, share us, do everything that you want, and we appreciate you tuning in.